When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. Another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that fantastic five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do whatever it is that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture, including what was the best and worst with the Super Bowl ads this past weekend. So go ahead and check it out right now at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Of course, our good friend Joe Sorrell, who is always wreaking havoc as Ox1947, and he's doing that today at LakersBall.com. Hopefully he'll interject here in the chat in just a few moments. Plus also as well, the... Great folks there at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check out everything that he's doing there. And, of course, also Simblades, SimbladesWithAY.com. If you want your lawn transformed into something much more magical than it is today, go ahead and check out Simblades, SimbladesWithAY.com. Plus, also, our good friends at Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and check out Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there today at Lakerholics.com. Plus, our good friend Jamie Sweet. He is with his Five Things articles as well. Here, they're back and forth each and every day at Lakerholics.com, plus our good friends at Hoop Heads Podcast Network. And if you can support all of that, plus our live watch parties at playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. That's playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break, plus everything that we do with the Lakers Fast Break. It is sincerely appreciated. Like and subscribe. Always a good thing. And here today to talk about what's going on with the NBA and our NBA observations. He's a good man indeed. He's the madman from Toronto. He just got out of Toronto traffic to go ahead and talk about what's going on in the NBA. And if the Lakers can also go ahead and get a playoff spot, it is the magic man, Sean Grice. And Sean, I'm going to check your work while you go ahead and talk because I'm not sure if we are on YouTube and if you hit the magical YouTube thing. So while we're recording live, I just got to figure out where we're recording live too. So this may be a shorter conversation to what you imagine, but go ahead and just let me know your thoughts on the Lakers and whether or not they can go ahead and make the play in after all. 
Uh, yes, Gerald. Um, so right now we sit at 26 and 32. Uh, New Orleans, uh, Golden State, Minnesota are all hovering around 30, 29, 20, 30. Um, you know, we're roughly two and a half games behind them realistically, but um, more so we're three and a half, four and a half uh, games. Out. You did good, man. You did good. We're live going everywhere. So, yeah, you did good. You did good. Just got to get some people talking out there in the best yes. Lakers chat room that's out there here at the Lakers Fast Break. So, yes. Yes. So, I mean, you know, six, uh, we're six games under 500. And you're like, well, New Orleans is two games under 500. So, you know, the Lakers are really only two and a half, three and a half games out. But, you know, we, we play them tomorrow. And that's a really important game. Because it's 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 a swing game, it's a conference game, and it's a game likely, um, you know, if the Lakers are going to win, the, the, you know, one of two of the three, or possibly all three of the Lakers, the Wolves, Warriors, that combination would be in the playing tournament. So you got to beat the teams that uh, you're trying to uh, catch. I, you know, it's it, Gerald. It's it's still very very blistering and confusing as to why you know we keep saying this because you know we sh uh, realistically you know we should be in the middle of the pact and instead we're we're just just barely barely in a raft right now and uh, we're trying to swim up get upstream but it's just like you said man we're allergic to prosperity that was yeah, I, I always, as my famous saying goes, yeah, that's make that a t shirt. Allergic to, we're allergic to prosperity, just can't stand prosperity. Well, my friend, I guess that's because you are controlling what we're doing here at the Lakers fast break today. So that's why you can see if there's a crowd or an audience and I can't disagree. So that's why I'm like seeing it from a different screen. So I'm like, I'm a pedestrian, I'm not the pilot this time around. I got to remember that. So you okay. are okay, all right, on in the master control system right now. So all right, Joe. Interacting there. Hopefully, we can go ahead and get some people sharing their thoughts. Will the Lakers be able to make the playoffs with this current roster constructed? So, without, I guess the first thing is in order for the Lakers to make the playoffs, you got to have AD and LeBron healthy enough to play not just the majority of the games, virtually all of the games of the next 24 games that are left on the schedule. They've got to go ahead and be available to play in 20 to 22 of them. Your thoughts, do you think that first step can get it done? Yes. If, if, if that's realistic, okay. if they can, you know, if they only have to sit out, uh, you know, one or two games at a time here, Gerald, down the stretch, and that's, and that can be managed. I think they can, so the athletics said that they did projections and they estimated that the Lakers would have to likely win 16 of their last 24 mm -hmm. to have a realistic position. So looking at that, so you're 42 and 40. Yeah, I think you, you might be on the uh, on the on the edge of the of the play in there, Gerald. But you know, it's it's really it's it, you're it's it's thin slices dude it's thin slices so 
I think they have to go ahead and try and just some way, somehow win six of eight, and then you win seven of ten. All of a sudden, you know, that's something, you know, that's something, you know, now suddenly you're 15 and five in the last 10. Uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, excuse me. Yeah, 15 and five in the last 20. So you would give yourself a realistic shot there. I mean, if they did something like that, I think it, it that would be more realistic. But having them win two out of three, I don't think that's very likely. Mm-hmm. Quite the opposite, Gerald. We usually we're, we're usually winning one of the three. Actually, that we are winning two of the three. Yep, that we are indeed. Although, like I said, it is becoming dire, and there's very few games that LeBron and AD can afford to miss at this point. And we still don't know 100% what's going on with the feet for both Anthony Davis and LeBron James because we've noted on several occasions, it just Anthony Davis just does not seem right. Yes, he's getting a lot of rebounds. Yes, he's still doing some things on the defensive end, but he is not he's not jumping out on, on defense as well as he once did. He's not protecting the rim as well as he once did. He is still rebounding, but he's not obviously on offense. He's not even anywhere close to being as efficient as he was before he sustained that injury when he was playing no. at an MVP level. Not at all. Not at all. Um, you know, he's playing. The, the rebounding numbers are, are, are not bad. Um, but points per game and Gerald, more importantly, like you were saying, the way he's getting his points are not really at an all-star all NBA level he's tentative. He's that that's one of the best words I can use to describe what I'm seeing. I, I, I think he's, once he gets inside the paint, he's very tentative, uh, hesitant to take mm-hmm. contact and, um, you know, Gerald, we've seen it before. Anybody who's played with bone spurs, either in their knees or their elbows or their or ankles or feet, it's just, it, it's grueling, man. I'm not sure if you, I haven't experienced it, but talking to a couple people who have, it's just, it's, it, it is that nagging, lingering pain so like you said gerald if we could see it a lot of other people could see it i've torn it up an ankle on i've I've sprained lots of uh, ankles lots of times out there that's not a problem but i've actually torn up an ankle to the point where uh, you know when i was young i was actually uh, basically on crutches for months and i know for a fact that you know it can be debilitating but I also know that they're playing through the pain. I think something's going to be done. One or one or both of them are going to have to either get some type of exploratory surgery or something's going to have to be done because both of them are having feet issues at this point in time. And it does not look good as far as the outcome if they continue to have them because you can just see them, at least with AD, he's fighting through the pain. He's just not right. He's just not 100%. And it's just something that Laker fans are going to have to deal with. And he's going to have to deal with for the rest of the season. As long as we can get him to the point where at least he's functional and can go ahead and play at a certain level. I think that's the best we're going to get. Hopefully he can become more efficient when LeBron comes back in the lineup. 
he is uh, touch and go for Wednesday night's game. So we'll see, but I'm hoping that that's going to be the turnaround. But the thing is LeBron and AD have to be out there. Even with this new, uh, even with the new additions, they, that LeBron and AD are still the key to this team's ultimate success this season. Uh, absolutely, Gerald. And uh, b- before we continue, your mic is getting a lot of props on YouTube. So you're sounding really great, my friend. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, it doesn't always translate as far as in post. I don't know why, but I guess uh, it's, if it sounds great to you guys, uh, sounds great. Unfortunately, after uh, 12, 1300 podcasts, this uh, cable of mine connected to the headphone I was wearing, unfortunately, has seen better days, so I may may or may not be retiring it, but I'm glad that everyone can hear me now. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. It's Gerald Glassford along with the Magic Man, Sean Grice. Again, we're asking you out there, can the Lakers make the playoffs? And I see Sovereign and Deviant Flux in the mix. I truly appreciate both of you stopping by, sharing your thoughts. Sovereign says Gerald stole Elton John's mic. Uh, I wish I, you know, could have anywhere near his paycheck. Would that would be awesome? Or his residuals? That would even be even better. But, you know, just the fact that you know his goodbye Yellow Brick Road is just now trending once again with Ant Man coming out this weekend. But I'm saying right now, everybody, when it comes to the Lakers fast break, it's just truly great having you all here. We had some record numbers last week, and we hopefully will be able to continue that. But that all depends a lot, as you and I both know, Magic Man, on the Lakers themselves. And if they don't make a playoff run or if they don't make a good run in the next 24 games, everything that they do and maybe everything that we do as well may all be for naught. Yeah, that's true, Drill. That's true. You know, I will say this, though. The last time the Lakers decided to make, you know, um, kind of a – a shockwave type of move midway through the year, they got Pau Gasol. Now, I'm not comparing these two trades in any way whatsoever in and of the fact that when they made both trades since uh, during the next two games, they both won and lost. So maybe that portends to them going on some kind of winning streak. I'll just put it out there. Why not? I'm not sure that'll happen. I think the team has the ability, like you said, Gerald, that they flipped the switch early on in the season. They were very dependent and it w- they were reliant on their defense to keep them in games. But as the season progressed, you observed that, yeah, we just don't, we just don't have the athletic defenders to keep up that kind of pace defensively in a league where, you're going up against shooting and other teams that have those kinds of players. And mm-hmm. it just proved exceedingly difficult, right? And they, they eventually made a move. But realistically, if you look at – so now we switch gears a bit. If you look at the New Orleans Pelicans and the Warriors who are both in that um, Tier 3 mm-hmm. – both of their superstars are going to uh, well Steph's going to be back in a, a maybe a couple weeks but Zion's expected to miss multiple weeks Gerald, they're likely not to move out of where they are they're likely to either go up a little bit or maybe drop a little bit but that they're likely to stay within the play in 
is what I would say. Minnesota, who knows, man? Anthony Edwards is really turning it on right now. Um, so they might they might be one of those teams that goes on on one of those slingshot runs. They're certainly capable of it. We've seen it. They've proved it before, especially that group. But again, just the way the season has unfolded, it doesn't appear that that's likely. So, but the talent we have, you can talk yourself into them potentially threatening to to go on a run, to be in the plan. That's unrealistic given the 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 product we've seen so far. Although the trade has given us some optimism. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters was The Last Skywalker. I know, condolences to me. Wow, man. Right. I, I just had talked about that and I completely forgot that I saw that movie. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> that, it doesn't speak great things about it, I suppose. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. So let me ask you this, my friend. And once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. It's NBA Observations. Before we get into what the rest of the league looks like and if there's any changes to who we think might be a favorite heading into the playoffs after the trade deadline, let's speak of the trade deadline for the Lakers. Obviously, the new additions, and I'm going to include Rui Hashimura in there because he's relatively still new as far as to the lineup and still learning exactly what the ins and out of the Lakers system, both on the offense and defense. And then, of course, you have the three new additions, actually four new additions, because Mo Bamba being eligible to play tomorrow. And you also have D'Angelo Russell. You also have uh, Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt. So you have all these new players, plus Devon Reed, if you want to go ahead and mention him too as a as a backup, but I'm not sure how much time he's going to get. Yes. Uh, the thing is, though, I mean, they're more of what the Lakers need. But are they at the level of talent? that the Lakers need. You have the shooters uh, in Malik Beasley and also, you know, Russell, D'Angelo Russell. You you have, they love to shoot from behind the arc. They're somewhat accurate uh, with uh, D'Angelo Russell killing it, uh, you know, above 40%, to, you know, just before he got traded as far as his his trade, you know, all of 2023 so far, he'd, he'd really been doing well. Then you have uh, Malik Beasley, who loves chucking it up six to eight times a game, no problem, at a 35 37% clip. And then you have Jared Vanderbilt, who's going to give you energy. And, and what we saw, not just energy, not just well beyond what Wenyan Gabriel can give you, he gives you the same amount of size, gives you better defensive ability, gives you uh, more in the transition game, and can play make. The only mm-hmm. thing he can't do well is shoot. And that, I think, is something that the Lakers are going to need as far as a, a little bit more savvy player on the court that does many of the same things and many of the same things better than Wenya Gabriel. I mean, these guys are an improvement and a better fit around LeBron James once they all get on the court together. But are they good enough talent-wise with those new additions to make a serious impact run for the rest of the season? 
Hmm. Tough call there, Gerald. That's a real pickle because they're they're all talented players. All the players you mentioned there are very talented. Well, but they're still rotational players. They're still yes. not players that yes. you can really consider. Okay, I know D'Angelo Russell made an all-star game, but do you really consider him an all-star? Or do you consider mm. him just like borderline? Just, yeah, borderline. Yeah. I, th- I yeah. just call him a regular rotation player at this point in time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And all these guys are good rotational players, NBA level rotational players, which is something you don't have when you're losing team the past couple of years, like the Lakers had their, their depth, as I've said on many occasions has been really suspect. I think they improve their depth. I'm just not sure it's to the level that I think that people are, are trying to surmise and hope for. I think it's to the level of maybe a, you know, we're at right now where it may be a, fifth through seventh place team if the season had restarted over again but mm-hmm. are they in that top four i maybe you could say that they're ahead of sacramento i don't know maybe sacramento's playing a little bit above their head that's a kind of iffy thing that's kind of like okay eyes of the beholder on that but i certainly wouldn't put them ahead you know of a phoenix with kevin durant now in that starting five and also wouldn't put them ahead of denver who's playing truly well both on the road and, of course, at home in Denver. Yes, yes. And even Memphis. I think I would still keep Memphis above the Lakers at this point. Yes, I would. Yes, I would, Joe. Your man, John Morant, still killing it. Yeah, he is. He is. Um, And and to all the the Zion stands out there, John Morant is averaging more rebounds than Zion Williamson. He's on the floor. And he's... True, and he's averaging more points than him. Again, this is something we talked about with Zion. Remember, we were talking, we were questioning back and forth the future of Zion, and I questioned it more than anybody simply because mm-hmm. of the fact that I'm not, I'm not questioning your talent. Never, you should never question his talent. The question is availability, and you know, however great he was doing for a small portion of the season this season, it's just a small portion of the season this season because he's out once again. And could be out for an extensive period of time to come. Absolutely, Gerald. I mean, we've got uh, 24 games left. If he played 11, 12 more, he's played half the season. So, I, I mean, you know, if, if you said New Orleans is going to miss iron for half the season and they make the plan, I would say, wow. They had a great season. They did. They they played above their heads. If they made the play on playing in Zion, only missed half the season. That's mm-hmm. that's a great job by uh, Willie Green. Yeah, I agree. However, like you said, Gerald, it's really it's really bunched up, and it's going to shuffle even more because yeah. uh, the Kings right now are in third place. They have thirty two wins. Um, hell, man. Well, Minnesota, Minnesota's in tenth, and they have thirty. So it, it's not as if there's this big. Well, actually, let me let me just say right now. Okay, in the West, you got Denver up on top. You got Memphis about five games behind. Sacramento right now is in third place, seven games behind. Then you have your big bunched up crew at Phoenix at just uh, fourth place. They've moved up to fourth place. They're nine games back. I expect an even bigger surge once Kevin Durant gets in the lineup. Dallas is, I think, a pivotal key because, yes, they did get Kyrie Irving, 
but they got a lot smaller. If you look at that lineup, can they rebound? Can they play defense? They're going to have to try to outscore everyone and anyone in order to go ahead and be any what successful this season. They're right now currently tied with the Clippers in fifth at nine and a half games back. Then you have New Orleans and Minnesota at 10 games back. Golden State in ninth place at 10 and a half games back. And Utah, who many are considering now to be supposedly in the tank mode, but they're still playing okay. They're 29 and 30, 11 and a half games back. Then you have Portland, Oklahoma, and then the Lakers, two and a half games out of the play-in. So they have to still climb over Oklahoma and Portland, who they both lost to in the past week, which makes it even tougher, like we talked about on last night's show. Yes, Gerald, and and exceedingly frustrating because two of our great contributors, um, one Nick Molina and the other, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Gerald, but I believe it was um, Blue Magic who Nick said, you know, watching a, a Lakers loss the other night was, you know, death by a thousand cuts. And then I believe it was Blue Magic who stated that the season has been a roller coaster. But correct me if I'm wrong, those two images fit this season perfectly and unfortunately the last week was a big illustration so that thunder game was like nick said death by a thousand cuts there was there was just no way that it felt like that we were gonna win unfortunately after the um after the celebration then to watch a team that's the, the worst defensive team in the NBA put up uh, basically an artillery clinic against your defense. And for Darvin Ham to suggest that the analytics showed that that would have been the number one level of, of defense for, for that kind of shot defense... Gerald, do you take anything away from those comments other than it, it might have been just just drivel? I don't really take away anything of those comments. It just is this point. I just think that right now people are saying and everything that's going on, they're just saying what they're saying right now because the postulating is over as far as in the case, especially with with Kyrie Irving. You know, his words, you know, basically are going in one ear and out one ear or at this point in time because he was just saying so much he was he, he wanted his way out of, of Brooklyn and he got it and with everything else that's going on these with these players right now they're just giving you since the since the trade deadline is over and you have your teams that you're going to run with outside of maybe a buyout or two that you're going to run with for the rest of the season it's now just everybody needs to gear up for the playoffs and and whatever it is right now that's being said and done it's just all dribble at this point to me yeah, it is to me too, Gerald. It's all kind of like double talk and just designed to just go with the flow and make it look like, you know, everything is hunky-dory when it's really not. And, you know, those guys bleed too. You know, they they have basketball souls and it hurts them to lose. These guys aren't used to losing, especially LeBron. And for him to see this team over the like we're, we're we're approaching 100 games played post 
All-Star break in 2022. And in that time, the best the Lakers can hope for is going like 45 and 55. So, you know, you're basically winning 45% of your games. That's even if LeBron is in the, um, the bloom is off the plant, so to speak, as far as his prime, even so a team with that man should not be winning 45% of the games. It's inexcusable, man. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It's NBA observations. It's the magic man, Sean Grice, the madman from Toronto, the guy who gets out of Toronto traffic to go ahead and talk about the NBA along with myself, Gerald Glassford. Please, if you can, like and subscribe. All that we do, all that we are, and all that we are on on social media, plus also as well, like and subscribe. We're almost at 500 subscribers on YouTube, and any help that you can give us is greatly appreciated as we get bigger and bigger after a great week. Because of you, we had one of our best weeks ever as far as downloads and views, and we're just truly thankful for it, and we're hoping we can do even bigger and better things in the future. But my friend, speaking of bigger and better things in the future, the NBA season is still in doubt, and the trade deadline is finished for this point. After all the dust is settled and that four-way trade involving Gary Payton II has finally been consummated and done begrudgingly by Golden State, I might add. And I'm sure there's mm-hmm. going to be an NBA investigation and I guess Portland probably get, you know, Canal probably, they, they probably can expect a second round pick being alleviated from them, an additional second round pick being alleviated from them at some mm-hmm. point over this, you know, the shenanigans that took place. But be that as it may, the dust has settled. Obviously, we've had some big trades. Kyrie Irving to Dallas, Kevin Durant to Phoenix. You had Jake Crowder going to Milwaukee. You had some pivotal pivotal pieces being sent to different places. None bigger than Kevin Durant to Phoenix. After all is said and done, including Thomas Bryant being sent to the Lakers for three second-round draft picks, which I thought actually might stand up to be the best of Rob Palenka's moves. Your thoughts, though, from the time, of course, at the beginning of the season when you had your certain choices, I think you had a Philly... uh, Who'd you have in the finals? You had Philly and Phoenix? I believe it was Dallas. Oh, Philly-Dallas. Okay. so So Philly and Dallas were your two finals picks at that point in time. Your thoughts... Has it changed now that the dust has settled and the NBA trade deadline is now over? Uh, well, you know what, Gerald? I, I, you know what? I feel pretty good about Philly, um, at least as far as um, I believe a conference finals appearance is concerned. As far as the Mavs go, I think I'll go down with that ship. I, I'll, uh, I don't think they're the best team. I agree with uh, my, my fellow panelists and my, my fellow um, colleagues when they suggested, you know, it's true that Kyrie is a great talent and the Mavericks definitely needed somebody of his ilk to uh, try and come into the locker room and more importantly on the floor and help be somewhat of a safety valve for Luca, especially in the playoffs when the Mavs basically go cold offensively um, because they don't have a secondary ball handler uh, to support him and help him when he's on the bench for a few minutes at a time. 
However, as everyone has astutely pointed out, it's probably not likely to work. Um, the Mavs uh, had to give up a lot, basically, to get Kyrie even in the short term. They were also, I believe, in talks to uh, sign Terrence Ross from the buyout market. But, Gerald, we all know there's a lot of muddy waters and foggy landscapes when it comes to sourcing, when it comes to the buyout market this time well, of year. I mean, as, as Joe says, do you really get anybody that's going to give you a huge impact from the buyout market? I mean, for the Lakers... Could you really say that Markeith Morris is probably the best buyout that we've ever got? The Clippers, ironically, Reggie Jackson, I thought was a great pickup. You know, as somebody who got bought out in Detroit, did a great job for them mm -hmm. for years in the Clippers. Then this year became persona non grata and got traded and then subsequently waived himself. I think he's got, he's on the buyout market, uh, if, if I remember correctly. But you know, I, I mean, it just seems to me that that buyouts are, are kind of a mixed bag. I mean, at this point, you're getting a lot of over the hill veterans that some of them can still contribute. And then some of them are just a name only. Yes, I believe that's correct. Uh, Gerald, as far as the um, the Eastern Conference is concerned, I have a uh, I have a question for you. Do you think there is a fourth team? a.k.a. The, the Cavaliers that could pose any kind of threat to that three-headed monster? Or do you no. think it... No. No. I so think... Said, I, I really think at this point, uh, it is... In the East, it is Boston and Milwaukee as they're battling it out as we speak. I think that Philadelphia has a puncher's chance if Embiid goes off in full MVP mode because that's the one thing I think that, that can impact that Boston Milwaukee love party as far as at the top of the Eastern conference is the fact that Embiid, if he destroys Lopez and gets him in foul trouble, Giannis as strong and as great a player as he is, cannot guard Embiid. I don't think, I don't think. And, and, and remember Joe Milwaukee is now, you know, the, 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 again, not to, not to overuse a phrase here, but the, uh, 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 the bloom is off the rose, so to speak, when it comes to um, that team. Yeah, absolutely. But then they also uh, because you have, uh, when you, have... you when you look at them, they're they're a bottom ten offense at this point. So yeah, I mean Giannis obviously is a all world defender. Probably you know obviously still top three defender in the NBA, but even he is finding it hard to compensate when their deep when their offense is just sluggish. Absolutely. And I I think though that Boston right now, you gotta go ahead still and list them as the favorites in the East. Yes. I think if again if Embiid or Antetokounmpo has a monster series, yes, I think they can both have a definite puncher's chance. But for me it's like 45 to 55%, 55% uh, Boston over those two and 45% for both those two. But I don't think Cleveland has a chance. I don't yeah. even think, I think that, that Cleveland, their backcourt is too small uh, and will get uh, exposed by better or taller defending wings. I think Drew Holiday from Milwaukee, I think that maybe that Cleveland has a chance with Philadelphia because I think they match up a little bit better. 
with two seven footers going against uh, Embiid, but their lack of depth still is a problem with Cleveland. And I just don't see them getting past the second round. I could be wrong on that, but I just don't think, uh, you know, with, with the size that Boston can bring Adam defensively, I really think it's going to be hard for them to get by them. And that's probably mm-hmm. who they would match up in the second round against. So I think right now it is going to be Boston, Milwaukee, but I would not be surprised if Philly's shown in there too. If, if again, if whoever, whichever star plays the best knees between Tatum and Bede and Atentacumpo, I'm going to say that's the team that's going to get it done. Yes, I'd agree, Gerald. I'd agree. And if I can, I can't read minds, but I'm, I'm, I think I'm thinking along the same lines as the pod father here when, you know, when you're looking at all the permutations going on in the NBA right now, we might be headed towards um, a rematch from one of the greatest finals ever, and that would be the Boston Celtics and the Phoenix Suns. You know, Joe, I, I, I think the Nuggets are still the favorites in the West. I would still make them the favorites um, until somebody beats them. However, I agree with you. I think there's going to be a big surge coming um, when that team starts to really gel and really start humming. Um, I think they're a serious threat. I I could still envision Memphis being the two seed. So, I mean, you know, if all things being equal, if Denver... Memphis and Phoenix are at the top. I I would have to, you know, say I I think it's more likely that Phoenix and Denver end up playing to see who goes to the finals. So I'm not changing my prediction, but I I just think given all the moves that have been made, if if things play out, like basically like you could see them with with the talent and and what's to be, uh, I, I think that is a collision course between the Celtics and the Suns. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It's NBA observations. It's the magic man, the madman from Toronto, the guy who just couldn't get out of Toronto traffic. He did so for us here at NBA observations in the Lakers fast break. It is Sean Grice along with me, Gerald Glassford. We'll close out this conversation, I think, with with thoughts on, you know, who we think in the West. So you're really set on Phoenix now. Your sounds like you've switched over from Phoenix uh, remember, I'm I'm the one that famously picked the Clippers to go all the way as far as the, you know, and I, I said famously, they're either going to do it now or they're never going to do it with the kind of roster right. that they have. 
And with the way that their season's been going and the fact that they can't keep uh, upright, like the Lakers, they can't keep their star players upright for an extended yeah. period of time. I have serious doubts and questions how far they'll actually get in the playoffs. I also think Phoenix matches up very well with them uh, that previously they didn't just a few days ago. I think Kevin Durant, you know, at a, at his peak, if he plays anywhere, his, his peak powers with, of course, Devin Booker. And you've got to, if you have an interested DeAndre Ayton, yeah, that that's a that's a trio that I think can really do well in the postseason. I think it could at least get you to the conference finals, if not more. I'm not convinced on Dallas. I just don't think they have any defense. They're too small. I see the lineup that they're throwing out there right now, and I think it's 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 really bad. just it's bad rebounding wise. They're gonna get destroyed on the boards in the playoffs. And as everything slows down and becomes more, uh, I guess, uh, analytic, and obviously everybody sees the tape of everybody else and plays get run, and and it just seems to me that in many ways the the game slows down in the playoffs. I have a feeling that it's going to adversely affect Dallas and the fact that you know simply whether they do or whether they can't or the, whether they just don't want to or whatever as far as on defensive end luca and of course Kyrie irving you can't hide them both on defense and if they're playing christian wood at the same time for offensive oh purposes God. then it's really a a bleep show if that's the case it, so it is drilled and and not to mention um you know especially with that team you might be you might be adding in you know possibly you know a dwight powell or a javale mcgee uh, because for some reason whatsoever, Jason Kidd loves playing Maxi Cleaver at the five as too much. Like you said, too much, too much Christian Wood at the four or the five. It's it's you're right. It's a bleep show. It's a bleep well, on, show on the defensive end. On yeah, the defensive yeah. End. and Cleaver plays yeah. defense, and you still have Josh Green, who is becoming an amazing talent for them in Dallas on both mm-hmm. the offensive and defensive ends. He's really going to become something special, I think. But you have uh, Bullock and you have Hardaway. They're like, you know, the, however they shoot is how they're actually going to end up being. If, they're, if they shoot lousy, they're really doing nothing for you as far as for overall in the game because they don't really bring that much else on, on the defensive end and they don't rebound for you. So, yeah, it, and Dwight Powell is, okay, he's been in and out of the starting lineup for years. They've been trying to find a way to find a permanent replacement for him for years. So, I don't know. I just don't see Denver. I see Denver getting maybe through one round, but I certainly don't get in, see him getting through set two rounds, especially without any kind of uh, defensive effort there. The Clippers again. I just at this point, I'm 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 really down on them. Uh, you know, and that's fine by me. Any bad things that happen to that franchise, you know, I'm not worried about it at all. Again, I was just looking at it when I made my prediction from an analytical roster depth standpoint but it's clear they're ne- they can't be on the same page although they did do some uh under the radar pretty good moves at the trade deadline mm-hmm. we'll see if that helps uh stabilize this team this this gives some stability and be able to get that team in a direction which on paper looks like it's one of the favorites in the west but again that's just on paper I really think right now with you, I'm, I'm along the lines of Phoenix, although Denver, we can't underestimate them, but in a playoff setting, the home court advantage is not as steep because mm-hmm. the players get acclimated over the course of a few days. So 
it does get a, a little bit easier to play in the high altitude of Denver. So I see that, you know, they didn't do too much at the trade deadline, nor no. did they, nor did they need to, because you have, uh, you have the players, you have Murray coming back into his own MPJ is playing a little bit better. You have Aaron Gordon playing fantastic right now. So, Really, Denver's been playing extremely well and deserve all the credit this season. You, do you think they can actually get it done? I do, only only in the sense that I, um, you know, Gerald, it's it's really interesting. I'm not sure if you um, if you uh, saw that they asked uh, Hakeem Olajuwon during an interview earlier this year about, um, you know, what players, especially big men he saw as particularly being basically like pendulum swingers as far as, um, you know, teams are concerned. And he picked the Joker and he picked Embiid. Um, He said Embiid can be a dominant player. Um, He he lacks certain disciplines, though. That's basically what Akeem said. And on the flip side with the Joker, he basically said, now that's the guy. That's the guy. Because with his pump fakes and his his um, his spins drilled, you don't know whether he's going to the basket or whether he's going to pass at this point. It's, it's, it's especially beautiful to watch him operate in the post. It's almost like it's essentially like watching magic operate uh in the open court, uh, what the Joker can do uh, in the half court uh, is very special from a facilitating point of view. It's top notch. It's top shelf. Um, I put him up there with LeBron, Oscar, um, Magic, as far as being able to operate in the post. And I think over a seven game series, it's possible. But will you know? It's about the want. Right, we always talk about that. It's not about the will; it's about the want. And does he want it? Does Embiid want it? Um, you know, it'd be it'd be it, there are so many different combinations that could happen here, Gerald. As as far as you know, there are really there are three teams in the East, and really, um, you had in Denver, you had in Phoenix, um. Memphis, you have basically six teams. Realistically, you would put probably Memphis and um, Philly at the bottom there. And yeah. obviously, you would have the Bucks, the Celtics, the Suns, and the Nuggets at the top. Though, you know, if that was the the conference finals, man, I got to say that ultimately those are the four best teams in the NBA playing for their for the right to own the championship so if that happened that's the way it happens um once again it is the lakers fast break it is the magic man sean grice and me gerald glassford truly appreciate everybody watching and listening our nba observations unfortunately joe could not make it today he is busy with so many lawns that he has to do today from Symblades, Symblades with a Y.com. If you want to add yourself to the list and you're in the Southern California area and you need a new lawn transformed into something much more magical than it is today, and especially after a 
cold, rainy, ugly day here on the West Coast, or at least in many parts of the West Coast. I know here in Vegas, actually, even a little bit of snow there. Kind of weird, kind of weird. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Please go ahead and get your lawn transformed with Simblades, simbladeswithay.com. Again, great shout out to Laker Tom and Jamie Sweet on lakerholics.com. And of course, everybody out there, lakersball.com. Our good friend, Henry, who helps us out with Courtside Lakers on Instagram. Go ahead and give them a shout out and a follow if possible. But my friend, before we head on out, just want to hear your thoughts on Wednesday's game. Right now, lists, according to the reports, the list is that, well, uh, LeBron is questionable and AD is probable. So AD will most likely play in tomorrow night's game. LeBron is still, eh, which, uh, you know, as you said, he better play if he plays in the All-Star game. If he plays in the All-Star game and does not play tomorrow night with another game that's on the line, that to me will be really, really disappointing. I will actually be more, I'll be actually like LeBron, even more LeBron passive aggressive in my comments tomorrow night, if that's the case. Uh, yes, Gerald, I expect you. I was pretty good last night on it, but yes, mm-hmm. I'll even be more so. Yes, yes, no, definitely. I um, actually felt both you and Joe holding your tongue, although that's that's very rare for, for Joseph. Um if he plays here's the thing if he plays there's a symbolism that okay he sees this crew and he's willing to go for it if he sits out and like you said Gerald you know we see him laughing joking around um, playing 20-25 minutes having a good time you know, that's really going to piss all of us off collectively, Lakers fans around the world. And it's going to show that, you know, he probably thinks the season is a wrap. It's best to figure out who he likes moving forward and going on from there. Although, you know, there is the specter of, there's always the specter of him leaving or there's ghosts of him being disgruntled and we're going to have to deal with that again for another summer i believe i I agree with you on that and uh just a couple things before we head on out uh alas says uh, what do you guys think pat bev was referring to when he said it wasn't basketball if it wasn't basketball the vibes were off or he said it wasn't basketball the vibes were off well when you have a team that's as mismatched and as poorly fitting as what the Lakers have, uh, it, it is going to appear off. It is just going to be a fact that this was a team that could not do the things to help LeBron. You know, they couldn't play or sustain defense at the top level, and they couldn't score. Uh, basically, it is a, it's a, essentially what a losing team does. When they can score, they don't play defense. When they play defense, they can't score enough. And, of course, throughout all this, they were one of the poorest shooting teams in the NBA. So, yeah, I can imagine the vibes were off. But I just think that there was always some type of tension in the background. Obviously, having Russell Westbrook there and Patrick Beverly, two, uh, how should I say, outgoing personalities mm-hmm. in the locker room, uh, You're that's not a good mix. We talked about this before even the season. We talked about how bad – this could go behind the scenes. And we talked about still the animosity that, that stemmed even from when they were dissing each other at 
you know, at, at, you know, in La, here in Las Vegas for, for summer league, you know, it, it just was not a good mix. Uh, you know, obviously the tension's been there. Russell Westbrook was, did not do or did not help the team get to a place where it was expected when you make that kind of trade and you put invest that kind of money into him at $47 million. It just wasn't a good fit. And ultimately I think that's what, what counts the most, but yeah, my friend, uh, it just seems like at this point with all the stuff behind the scenes, a lot of that, I think, and as, if, if this team does go on a run, it may not be because the additions you got are really that good. It may just be the fact that what Laker Tom and Joe were saying is that it could be addition by subtraction. Yes, I think so, Gerald. Quite honestly, you know, a lot of different verbiage and Turner phrase were used about Russ and, you know, to be quite honest, you know, a lot of it was harsh. Some of it was untoward, um, but a lot of it was valid. You know, unfortunately, he just didn't want to cooperate as far as sacrificing. And we all know that to be the case. Um, you know, Russ stands can whine and complain and, and point to this and point to that about him sacrificing but of all the three of them he's the one who who when lebron was injured last year he needed to sacrifice the most and he sacrificed the least and that's the that's the honest truth and we saw what happened i remember last season uh, it's very vivid in my mind i remember lebron was very deferential in october he let russell westbrook be Russell Westbrook and LeBron just tried to be a, a great cutter, a great facilitator when he was, when he was off the ball and then handed it to him, Gerald. Um, but then we saw what happened. LeBron gets hurt. Uh, then he gets suspended. Then he gets hurt again. And then AD gets hurt. And it just felt that like Russell Westbrook just sucked the air out of us like a, like a giant balloon in the sky. Well, I will say this, though, the rumor, the heavy, hot rumor that Sovereign, I believe, is reporting on for the Lakers mass break that Joe is spending the day with Rob Palenka cannot be confirmed, although I certainly wouldn't bet against it. Uh, I do want to go ahead and say that out loud. So thank you, Sovereign, for the report on that. It's, it's truly uh, greatly appreciated, my friend. <laughs> always good to have you here, Sovereign, by the way. Thanks so much again. The chat has always been fantastic. It is the best Lakers chat that's out here. That is the Lakers fast break. I know Z uh, sent you a, a particular note about uh, Toronto and LeBron. I hope you got a chance to check out before we head on out, Sean. Uh, I, I'm going to scroll through here, Gerald. Okay. All right. It's about uh, building a statue and owning Toronto. And I'll just leave it at that. But Everyone in the chat has been awesome as always. We truly appreciate everyone out there that that likes and enjoys what we do here at the Lakers Fast Break. Again, we had some record numbers. Obviously, uh, some of that coming off of the, the, the <laughs> record and uh, the trade deadline. But we truly appreciate everybody who is new and also who has been here checking us out. And hopefully you'll stay with us for the long term. Where the season goes, who knows? But hopefully you'll stay with us indeed. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. If you have any questions for us, I will be answering YouTube comments after the fact, as far as YouTube comments that have been posted after we go off the air that for the past couple of days, I will be going ahead and, and getting 
in touch with you as far as some responses on that. So please be patient. I appreciate it. We just get so many responses. I know uh, Z and a few others have been sending us emails. I've been trying to catch up on that as well. But yes, if you have any questions, comments, and thoughts for us, please, anytime on social media, Lakers Fast Break, right here on YouTube after we go off the air. Again, we do respond to it, both Sean, myself, and even Joe at times as well. Facebook, like the page there. You can always respond there. I also go ahead and check that out there. But also, Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. It's funny because Joe also, he wants to get us all like, uh, you know, Gerald Glassford at LakersFastBreak.com and Sean Grice at LakersFastBreak.com. He wants all these see, fancy Dan uh, special uh, emails and whatnot. I say, okay, we can all do that. That's great. Absolutely. Have no problem with that. But if it's easy for everyone out there, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. That will always stay up and that will always stay present. So appreciate everyone's time and thoughts but again my friend some last and final nba observations on the week ahead before we head on out my friend you know what gerald look moving forward it looks like it's a three-headed hydra in Bo- mm-hmm. in uh, the eastern conference with the uh, boston milwaukee philly um like you said gerald the Cavs just they needed that perimeter defender and while Danny Green is a nice pickup in the buyout market, he's just not the kind of thoroughbred they need to vault themselves in there. Um, after that, uh, speaking on the on my uh, my hometown, the Toronto Raptors, um, they are in a playing playing position right now with the Washington Wizards. Um, New York, uh, New York Knicks and the Chicago Bulls. All four of those teams have been somewhat disappointing. Now they're probably all going to end up playing one another. And that doesn't portend well to this town and what's going to happen in a few weeks, which is why I'm probably going to leave Toronto for a few weeks in April, Gerald, when the Maple Leafs are in the first round of the playoffs. And we all know what will happen there. There will be a lot of Toronto traffic and there will be a lot of sad, sad Mudville fans because the Raptors and the Leafs will be taking early summer vacations. And I will say this before we go. The Podfathers hockey team is a dark horse. I actually think they're going to make a run here and scare the living crap out of everybody in the West. Well, they've been playing real well coming out of the All-Star break. Uh, They've had some really dominant games on the road and actually won at home as well. But that's the thing. Are they going to stay healthy enough to play like this and continue to play like this? And can they get the goaltending? It's always about the goaltending as far as in the NHL. But really, who is going to stand in the face of of Boston? That's a juggernaut right now. I don't know if anybody can do that right now. You know, if any of the Boston teams win, let it be the Bruins and certainly not the Celtics because I don't want to have to see the Lakers catch up to them. So, but the Bruins, the Bruins are looking really good. However, the Celtics are looking good in the NBA. The Bruins are looking that much better. So Boston must be really happy at this point to have, you know, two teams that are at the top of of the leagues right now. But I'm hoping that uh, for the basketball side, at least that they don't, you know, get their mission done. I hope they fail. Uh, in the Eastern Conference playoffs. But I'm also uh, thinking that for my Golden Knights, it's going to be hard for them to go ahead and and overcome Boston. But you know what? You never know. You never know. 
the Kraken, the brand new Kraken. I finally after uh, after what one season, I think all these teams that are in the NHL below 500 are all wishing they could just do a reset. Just like, you know, what we saw with the Golden Knights, who instantly became a contender, and the Kraken, who after one year became a contender. I think they all want to go the expansion route. Just like, let's just fold our team and do the expansion route once again. (laughs) You know, and and you got to be, you know, those two towns must be licking their chops at possibly having NBA franchises. Absolutely. And that's something we want to go later into at, at a probably during the summer we can approach that as far as as far as the subject to touch on with NBA observations because Las Vegas, Seattle, oh, yeah. London, Mexico City, there are contenders out there for an expansion franchise. Seattle is probably the leading contender at this point in time, but we'll uh, at some point should have an NBA observations probably during our downtime in the summer as we talk about the prospects for expansion teams why, when, and how uh, as soon as we can during the summer. So that would be something I'd like to approach indeed. But my friend, it's been great talking to you. The reason why you're Gerald Glassford along with me, Gerald Glassford, is that uh, you are manning the ship because you're learning how to use Melon because you're planning some stuff on your own. Hopefully we can get you a little bit more training under your your, uh, belt there so we can go ahead and have you do your own shows. Because I hear magic man in the morning that may be coming to a lakers fast break youtube channel near you absolutely gerald it's tentatively on the schedule we're excited about it we are we are indeed i know a lot of people are are asking about it in playback playback playback.tv slash lakers fast break and now they'll be asking for it on the youtube channel as well so look out for it after the all-star breaks the morning shows once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. Join us tomorrow, speaking of playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break for the game at 7 o'clock on ESPN. Join us, watch along with us, and listen as, uh, you know, Sean and especially Joe become extremely unfiltered only at playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. And you know Joe will be cursing up the storm because he'll be mad at the rest somehow, in some way. Or maybe after his Valentine's Day dinner with Rob Palenka. Reportedly, of course. But go ahead and join us. Playback.tv. That's Lakers Fast Break. And then, of course, after that, the best post game that's out there. And the best chat room that's out there. Right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.